And uh, that Night of Hope conference that was mentioned tonight, if you've looked at the forecast, it's a little bit sketchy uh, right now that we're supposed to be having freezing rain and the roads might get a little bit yucky. Uh, and so if you want to keep an eye open for that, we are planning on going ahead at this point. Uh, so hopefully, but uh, just check social media just to make sure before you leave to come today. If you would uh, check out on uh, Facebook or on uh, Twitter or on our on our Instagram or whatever uh, to see because uh, hopefully we'll be able to go ahead and do that. But you know, really, what's interesting is this is, I think, uh, last Sunday, no, two Sundays ago, was the only Sunday we have had since the new year that has not had weather impact us in some way with dangerous roads. Uh, only one Sunday. So all I can say is, all you people here today, you are amazing. You are fantastic. So let me ask you, how many of you are ready to study God's Word today? Go ahead and grab a Bible. You notice we have no screen today. Uh, it's just you and the Word of God, and we have a couple of stories and, and verses that we are going to look at. The first one being Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. So if you want to go ahead and grab that, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. This is week five in our series called The Secret to Lasting Change, where uh, the first three weeks we saw the secret itself. Then last week and this week, we're looking at some more of the elements that contribute to change. And today we are going to talk about the most important one, which is the power of God. And so Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Everybody, look up, because you may have it in different translations, so look at me right now so that we can say it together and repeat after me. Say, I can do all things, I can do all things. through Christ who strengthens me. I, I think you can say it louder than that, through Christ who strengthens you. Let's try it again. We, we had a really strong section right here. Let's everybody else balance that out. Here we go. Say, I can do all things. I through Christ who strengthens me. Christ Amen. That is a great promise. That inspires us. That gives us hope. The power of God at work in our lives. But here's the problem. I don't always feel that it is true in my life. And sometimes I even wonder about the evidence of the truth of that in my life. And I wonder why. Where is the disconnect? And so now if you would grab your Bible and find Proverbs 21, verse 31, that I, I wonder if this verse might give us some insight. I had, I had never really paid any attention to this verse in all of the times that I had read the Bible through until some years ago I heard Brad Powell uh, pull this verse out and really break it apart and I've got to tell you, it really spoke to me. It kind of blew me away. And uh, I, I think that there may be something here that we need to grab hold of today. In Proverbs 21, verse 31. It says, The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Now, notice that there are two parts to this proverb. It says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory 
rests with the Lord. Now, I looked this up in about 10 different translations into English because you know that the Bible uh, was not originally written in English uh, or in French. The Bible was originally, most of the Old Testament is in Hebrew and the New Testament is in Greek. And so with that being the case, sometimes it's helpful to look up different translations and to study a bit into the language to see if there are other ways that possibly it could be better communicated in English. But basically in this verse, they all basically say the same thing. They all basically say, the horse is made ready for battle, but victory rests with the Lord. And so, so just to balance out Philippians 4.13, and, and let's make sure we get this in our heads and in our hearts as well. So everybody repeat after me, say, the horse is made ready, for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Now, if you look closely at this, you see that there are two parts to this proverb that almost seem to be in conflict with each other. That the first part, when it comes to this battle metaphor, the first part is the horse is made ready for battle. That this is a matter of training and straining, of discipline and getting ready, of preparation and calculation and strategy and effort. You have to train the horse. You have to groom the horse. You have to armor the horse. You have to prepare for the work. You have to do the work. To prepare for battle is, is a tough job. You just ask anybody who is in the military. In fact, I wonder if there are any military Folks, any veterans in the house today? Would you, I see a couple of hands. Would you stand for us if you have served all around this room so we can thank you? Amen. Any up top? Thank you so much to those of you men and women who have served. And for the rest of us, I am assuming that you would confirm for us that preparations for battle do not just happen overnight. That it takes work. It takes strategy and training and discipline. Because nothing of great worth is accomplished without great effort. Let me say that again. Nothing of great worth is accomplished without great effort. It takes hard work to build a great business. It takes hard work to build a great marriage. It takes hard work to raise kids. I, I, I thought that one might get an amen. It takes, it takes hard work to be a good employee. It takes hard work to get an education. It takes hard work to do what God calls us to do. That nothing of great worth is accomplished without great effort. Prepare the horse for battle. But what is the other side of the proverb? It says, but victory rests where? Victory rests with the Lord. That at its core, we need to understand that victory is so much more than just hard work. Instead of doing, this part seems to be more about waiting. Instead of being active, this part seems more 
inactive. Instead of being aggressive, this part seems more passive. Instead of just trying harder, this part seems to be about just trusting more, to rest and, and relax and, and trust that God is going to win the battle for us. And so we see this great paradox where on the one side of the proverb, it says, try, 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 as if it all depends on you. And on the other side, it says, trust, 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 because it all depends on God. And I wonder if this paradox, I, I wonder if this, this tension is what we sometimes get out of balance in our lives. Prepare the horse for the day of battle. Do the work. Put in the effort. Try more. Try harder. But on the other side, never forget that victory rests with the Lord. Pray more. Wait more. Take time to pull away from the work and away from the demands to spend time pursuing God. Trust more because trying plus trusting equals power. I, I remember when uh, I got my very first job as a pastor. I've only had two uh, before this. I've been a pastor at two churches in 20, almost 23 years. Man, I'm getting old. And, uh, and yet Tracy is like 28. I don't know how that works, but uh, I won't say how old she is. And so uh, it's Valentine's Day this week. Oh my goodness, I'm in so much trouble. So I, I remember when Tracy and I just got married. I, we got married my last year of college over Christmas break on January 2nd. And so that last year of college, I had only begun, I had started my college degree and then transferred into biblical studies in my third year of college because my first couple of years, I, I didn't want to do this at all, but God made it clear that this is the direction that he had for my life. And Tracy and I uh, got engaged and in my third year of college and then we got married my last year of college and so that last year of college, both while we were dating, uh, or engaged, I should say, and while we were uh, married for that last semester that I was in school, I started to get some calls to do some guest speaking. And apparently it went pretty well, because I got called, they were mostly country churches and, and uh, you know, various small venues, I don't want to give you the wrong impression, uh, but... Uh, that I was Billy Graham or anything. I just, uh, but at the same time, I, uh, it, 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 I had this one message that I had prepared for a class that was called Just Do It. And it was modeled after the 1990s Nike commercials, remember? You know, Just Do It. And they had you know, the swoosh and all of the commercials were, it was a huge, huge, huge marketing campaign. And everybody used to wear the T-shirts with the swoosh that said, just do it. And I would teach about how, you know, God calls us to do things that are challenging, but we have to step out in faith and what? Just do it. And so, so yes, exactly, just do it. And so, uh, so I, uh, I, I started getting calls and I would go around to these various places. And apparently that 
summer, and I know that sounds really impressive, but wait, it gets worse. I promise it, it does not turn out well. And so that summer, I, uh, I, I got a call from a church that was looking for a pastor after I graduated. And so we went and we visited this church. And uh, so I, uh, it, it went pretty well, I think, that Sunday morning. And I got up and s to speak and everybody kind of checked came to check us out, see if they would like for us to be our, their pastor or not. And, uh, and I, I looked so good back then. I can't even tell you how good I looked. <laughs> when I was 21 with my long, blonde, thick hair. It was, in fact, I, the main thing I miss about having hair is it kept me warm in the winter. And some of you don't know what that's like. And, and so that's why we moved south for 10 years, because I don't have any hair to keep me warm. In fact, I look around, some of you guys, maybe you need to move south, I don't know, uh, for, to keep your head warm. But, uh, and so I got up that Sunday morning, and I, what message do you suppose I gave for them that, that morning? Whatever God calls you to do, what? Just do it. And, and, and it, it seemed to go pretty well, because they voted, and they invited us to come and be the pastor, and so we accepted, and we moved to that city, and we began with 80 people that first Sunday, with 80 people, and God began to do some good things, and I could tell you all kinds of stories, but all of a sudden, the first week, I realized that I had a problem. Have you ever had one of those moments where all of a sudden you realize that you have gotten in over your head? <laughs> and uh, my problem was this. Can you guess what it was? I had already given them my good sermon. That was all I had. I had one, and so, and I did not realize until I became a pastor, something terrifying, that Sunday comes every single week, <laughs> and so I would sit in my office scared to death, because it's Monday, but Sunday's coming, <laughs> it's Tuesday, Sunday's coming, it's Wednesday, and, and the, the more the week went on, the scareder I got, and so... Uh, skiered. And so, uh, I, I, fortunately, they kept me around. And I realized that, that I had two options. That I could either keep doing, I could keep doing the same message every week and hope they didn't notice. <laughs> or I could get some new stuff. And I think that, that, first of all, that when you get in moments when you realize that you are over your head... Those are the times that we learn to pray. Amen? We learn to pray when we're in over our heads. And so what happened uh, was, as it developed over the years, I can tell you to this day that speaking on Sundays has become one of the greatest joys but also has remained one of the greatest burdens of my job. And I think that it perfectly represents for us this balance of trusting and trying. That trusting and trying, trying means that I have to do the work. I can't just sit down and say on Sunday morning, I wonder what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> that would terrify Tracy. 
because she knows what happens when I just, woo. And so uh, it, it requires work and preparation, preparing the horse for the day of battle and listening to and being inspired by other teachers and, and preachers and studying and, and education. It's trying, but without trusting all of this is meaningless because I am not foolish enough to think that you come to hear what Joel thinks about stuff. You don't care what I think. You come each week hoping to hear a word from God. And so I need to hear from God and press in and experience his spirit, if you are ever going to receive anything that might be transformational. Trying plus trusting is where we find the power. Amen? And so, so I wonder where are some areas in your life where this balance is tested? I think for some of us, the idea, the biblical idea of a Sabbath is where this is tested. One of, the, one of the areas, we talked about this this fall, Drew did an amazing job teaching on the history from the Old Testament and into the New Testament on the Sabbath. But it is that God says that we are to work no more than six days at a time, and then on the seventh, as an act of not just trying, but trusting God, on the seventh, we are to rest as, a, as, a, as a, a manifestation of our trying and our trusting, and that we believe in faith that a Christian in six days can accomplish more than someone else can do in seven because of the power of God at work. <laughs> Some of you might want to give that part to your boss. I don't know. For some of us, where this area of balance is tested is our finances. That God says whatever we earn, whatever we receive, because everything we receive is a gift from God, that the first 10% goes to God. And so one of the ways that this balance of Trying and trusting is we have to work hard to earn money. Scripture says that as part of God's blessing. But when we do that and we give God that 10%, that in so doing, we find his power and blessing manifested in our lives. And so what happens is we believe, and we have seen it to be true, that we believe that a Christian can accomplish more with 90% than someone else can do with 100%. And so we could go right down the list and give you example after example in our lives where we are called to be different from the world in the way that we live and our lifestyle choices and our behavioral choices and our attitude choices. We could go right down through the list and use example after example of how the power and blessing comes into our lives with this balance of trying and trusting, of working hard and praying hard of preparing the horse for the day of battle. But victory rests where? With the Lord. There's this great story in Luke chapter 9. Grab your Bible and find Luke 
9. It's the story between Jesus and his disciples. And he's getting ready to send them out to do ministry. And before he sends them out, he gathers them together for a kind of commissioning service. Now, what we have to understand is that there was nothing special about the disciples. They were just ordinary, everyday people like you and like me who God equipped and empowered to do his work. And so that's, that's all we try to do as a church. There's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about the people who have the title pastor in their role. It's simply that together we are trying to equip each other to do the work of the kingdom. And so what we are about to see here in this story is Jesus commissioning the disciples to do his work, literally handing off the work to them. And in Luke chapter 9, let's begin in verse 1. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority. So stop for just a second. What did he give them? He gave them power and authority over what? To drive out all demons. What kind of demons? Some of them? No, it says power over all all demons, and next it says, and to cure diseases. This is a carryover. The all still applies. They were given power to cure all diseases, and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So keep this in mind, that when, when Jesus gave them power and authority, did he give them just a little bit, or did he give them a whole bunch? He gave them a whole bunch. Now keep going later here in chapter 9 and pick up in verse 38. Look at what happens next. This is just a few days after Jesus had commissioned the disciples and given them all of this power and authority. A few days later, in verse 38, a man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seized him, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. And so here an opportunity presents itself for the disciples because just a few days before, Jesus had empowered them to do this very kind of thing. Jesus said, you can do it. Now, look at what happens next. Look at verse 40. The man says to Jesus, I begged your disciples to drive it out. But catch these last four, four words. It says, but they could not. They could not. Wait, wait just a minute. A few days before this, Jesus said that they could, but now they try and find that they cannot. Do you ever feel like that in your life? Do you ever feel like that? Where the Bible has all these wonderful promises, and Jesus says, here are these things that you can do. And all of a sudden, when the moment arises, when the crisis comes, you try, 
but you feel powerless. Jesus says you can, but you feel that you cannot. And here for the disciples, Jesus says that the problem is not their lack of trying, it's their lack of trusting. And how do we know that? Flip the pages forward a few to the book right before this. Mark chapter 9. And here we are going to see that Mark tells us this same story, but he gives us even more detail about what happens next. So in your Bible, turn to the left and find the book of Mark. Mark chapter 9. And Jesus looks at this boy and he looks at this father and you can just imagine him looking at the disciples and saying, come on, guys, I told you you could do this. And so in, in the next verse, in uh, verse, where is it? Verse 28, chapter 9, verse 28, after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out. So notice, they waited because they were a little embarrassed. They waited until everybody left and they had Jesus alone and they asked Jesus, we tried and we failed. Why? What was the problem? And check out what Jesus says in verse 29. He replied, this kind can come out only by what? By, by prayer. Some translations say prayer and fasting. He said, guys, look, I appreciate your trying. I know that you tried really hard, but you forgot something. You, you see, the power flows through you, but you are not the source of power. L let me say that again. I think we need to catch that. The power flows through you as disciples of Christ, but never begin to think that you are the source of power. See, you ain't all that, but God is. That's Southern for you. Remember, I spent 10 years in Alabama. You ain't all that, but God is. And in verse 38, or I'm sorry, in verse 34, if you just look at that real quickly, you see that the disciples were trying really hard. In fact, they even had this crowd that gathered around them. And I wonder if they were showing off because verse 34 says that they had begun to compete with each other. They were trying to figure out which one of them was the greatest, which one of them was the most powerful. And so I almost picture with that context in this same chapter, I almost picture this encounter with the father and the boy who is captured uh, and, and sick and, and has a demon. I almost picture it like the three stooges because I can just see them. Hey, everybody, come around. Watch the power of God at work. Check out how cool we are. And there's this big crowd gathered around, and they say, okay, now watch, folks. Here's how it's done. All right, all right, be healed. Wow. And nothing happens. And the next guy says, oh, watch me shout. Demons get out. Booyah. And nothing happens. And listen, you can draw a crowd by trying really hard because they did. In fact, people will even come to see a good show. But there was no power. There was no miracle. 
there was trying, but they were not empowered by their trusting. And if we look at this, we see that this balance in our lives. For, for everybody here has a tendency to fall on one side or the other. And sometimes in my life, and I'm sure in yours as well, we swing back and forth between the two. We're trying really hard and then we fail and oh my goodness, I need more of God's presence and power and so we press in. And, but then maybe we're not working as hard. In fact, I, I wonder today where you might be in that balance. Are you lacking in trusting? Could we, could we be just really, really honest right now? Is it possible that some here today, if you were to be completely honest, you are in a season of laziness? Maybe you're not putting in the effort, and maybe God is speaking to you today and reminding you that nothing of great worth comes without great effort. I mean, let's be honest. Maybe you need to evaluate your work ethic. Maybe you need to recommit yourself to honor God with excellence, to do everything to the best of your ability. Because as a Christian, the quality of your work reflects upon the name of Jesus. Prepare the horse for the day of battle. Do the work, but never forget that victory rests where? Victory rests with the Lord. All your effort is powerless apart from his presence. And so for those of you who are on that side of the scale, let me say this. May your hard work never exceed your pursuit of God. May your hard work never exceed your pursuit of God. Friends, listen to me. Christians, we have the responsibility to reach this community for Jesus. And we dream of thousands of people in the coming years coming to Christ here in Moncton and Dieppe and Riverview and Hillsboro and Salisbury and Shediac and Sackville and all throughout our region. In fact, even right now, we have people watching around the country and around the world on YouTube Live. We have back in the house today our team from Haiti that went to share the good news across the seas and in the coming days, you're going to hear great reports of the ways that God was working in and through them, not just here, but around the world. And so we dream of thousands being transformed by the love of Christ. But listen, we can't do it on our own. We can't do it by our own trying. Yes, we have to give our best. Yes, we have to work our hardest for his kingdom. Because we have to prepare the horse for the battle. But victory rests where? With the Lord. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through who? Through Christ who strengthens me. And so we must try harder and we must trust Christ more. For that is the balance of power.
Would you stand? We're going to sing this song together. And then we are going to enter into a season of prayer where today, this might be a day of breakthrough for somebody here today. We are about to do some business with God and reach into the heavenlies. He is here and present among us. He is our anchor. He is our deliverer. He is our hope. He is our strength. This is a fairly new song for some of us, but I think it speaks to the very heart of what we need today. Let's prepare ourselves for prayer as we declare to you, God, as we sing to you, God, that you would be lifted up.